Hi, I'm Andy McDonald, Senior Pastor of Whole Life Church here in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, multi-generational congregation, a faith community committed to our mission to love people into lifelong friendship with God. And we're committed to our vision to be a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. So glad to have you join us today for worship. It's uh, been a long time since we've been gathered, but I hope that you're, you're staying together with us in the, in the distance as we're together. Last week when we began the series on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, I, I thought it was fun and it's been fun to prepare for this week. During the week, one of our members came by, Lucy, uh, who used to work in our offices, and brought me my own little Fred Rogers. And when you push the little uh, trolley car top, it, he actually talks to you. You have some favorite neighbors where you live. I mean, real neighbors with whom you can talk. And- oh, that's a good. <laughs> but, but Mr. Rogers uh, is, is very inspirational for us. Another thing I thought you might want to know about is a great uh, COVID story. It's always good to hear a success story in our COVID world right now. And so many of you of our, our members here, at least our church, know Beverly and Bill Wilson. Um, they're over the 9-0 mark. I shouldn't know if I should say it publicly or not. But anyway, they both came down with COVID. Beverly fared pretty well. Bill got a little dehydrated, had to be in the hospital for six days. They're both doing well. I talked to them this week. And uh, when you have some senior seniors... Uh, Getting COVID and recovering, it's a good story to tell. Let's bow our heads and ask God's blessing. Father, as we begin to look at the word now, I pray that you'll direct us in our thinking. You'll send your Holy Spirit to teach us what you'd have us understand and just open up our minds to you in Jesus' name. Amen. One day Jesus was walking along the way and he saw a guy sitting at his tax collector's booth. Nobody then and nobody now loves a tax collector. We may love our country and our community, but taxes almost always seem a little burdensome. In Jesus' day, the Roman practice of auctioning off these jobs had stopped. But still the corruption, although it had died down some, was still bad. Uh, People knew that the Roman government required each of their tax collectors to raise a certain amount of money. And the system allowed them to add a little on as extra tax to be able to be just for the tax collector to keep. This day, Jesus doesn't just come along and pass by. He stops in front of Matthew, the tax collector. It was strange. There wasn't another follower of Jesus with him that thought that this is a good idea. And it's as if Jesus begins to singing Fred Rogers' song to Matthew. It's you I like. It's not the things you wear. It's not the way you do your hair. But it's you I like. The way you are right now. The way down deep inside you. Not the things that hide you. Not your toys. They're just beside you. But it's you I like. And then he said, won't you follow me? (laughs) It's just great. I, I can just see the steam rising from Simon the Zealot as he hears this invitation. In his prejudiced mind, it was audacious that Jesus would even stop and speak to Matthew. But for poor Simon, the worst was yet to come. Not only did this tax-collecting puppet of Rome actually get up and follow Jesus, there was a dinner party at his house that night 
where many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with Jesus and his disciples. At least some of the disciples saw this meal as a, an us and them meeting. The Pharisees saw the party going on and they asked some of Jesus' disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners, us and them? Scripture doesn't record the answers of the disciples, only Jesus' answer. I can imagine that they responded like, great question. I mean, we're wondering the same thing. I can't believe we're having supper with the likes of this crowd. In Matthew 9, 12 and 13, it says, on hearing this, Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and, and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. That's a quote from Hosea. For I have not come to call the self-satisfied who think themselves righteous. I've come to call those who know they have a problem. Matthew, from the disciples' perspective, is the unlikeliest to be invited into their circle. In their eyes, he was a them, not really right to be part of us. But Jesus didn't just see what others saw. He saw Matthew's deep down inside person already being transformed by love. Another time, the Pharisees were becoming problematic and Jesus was in Judea and he decided he would leave Judea and go back to Galilee up a little up north. Scripture says, now he had to go through Samaria. Uh, that wasn't actually true. <laughs> Most Jewish travelers that would be going from Judea to Samaria wouldn't take a straight line, but they would take a bit of a detour to go around Samaria to avoid having to go through the land of them, those people. The common route, the normal route, uh, wouldn't be through Samaria. A uh, better translation might be, now he chose to go through Samaria. They've been walking a while, and they come to the town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to Joseph, his son. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus was tired from the journey. It was nearing noon, and he sat down at the well. The disciples went on into town to buy some food. It wasn't long before a Samaritan woman came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? He might as well have sung, it's you I like. In that culture, men didn't talk to women in public. And Jews avoided talking to Samaritans, period. A little bit shocked, she said, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? True us and them language. You can read the whole encounter in John chapter 4. But in the banter that Jesus offers her water and she's confused, he has nothing to draw it with. He says it's living water that will keep springing up in her. And she wants it. She likes the idea of not coming to the well each day. When Jesus tells her to go get her husband, he reveals to her in that conversation that he knows her fully. He knows that she is full of failure. And it's like he says to her with a twinkle in his eye, it's you I like. Unlike with any other, he pulls back the, the curtain for her. She talks about her hope that when the Christ comes, he will explain everything. And it is as if he says to her, I like you so much the way you are. I'm going to reveal something to you. I am he. You don't have to wait any longer or look any further. 
In Galatians, Paul writes about Peter. Peter embraced the concept of we with the Gentiles and the Jews together until some of the us party of James came to town. And for Peter, he then went back to making the Gentiles them. Here's what Paul writes. When Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he was in the wrong. Before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. There was a call back to grace, the grace we all received. It isn't Jewish grace versus Gentile grace. It's just one grace for the whole we of our world. When Fred Rogers was cooling his feet in a, a small wading pool and Mr. Clemens, the police officer in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, stopped by. And Mr. Rogers invited him to join in cooling his feet off in the same pool. It was, for many, revolutionary. It was May of 1969. That summer would mark the fifth year anniversary of the signing of the Civil Rights Act. But the annual summer are acts of segregation and allowing the integration of swimming pools in the many locations were just starting up again as the summer season began. The picture on the screen of the television of two pairs of legs, a pair of brown legs, skin, brown skin legs and feet sharing the same small pool with Fred's lily white feet was making a statement. One Fred Rogers wanted to be heard. Mr. Clemens didn't have a towel with him. And so after the cooling water, Fred bends down and uses his towel to dry Mr. Clemens' feet. No distinctions of an us and a them, just we. A couple of years later, he wrote, it's you I like. It's you I like. It's not the things you wear. It's not the way you do your hair, but it's you I like. The way you are right now. The way down deep inside you, not the things that hide you, not your toys, they're just beside you, but it's you I like. Every part of you, your skin, your eyes, your feelings, whether old or new, I hope that you'll remember, even when you're feeling blue, that it's you I like. It's you yourself. It's you. It's you I like. If the disciples had resisted Jesus having Matthew join the, gr the group. It would have been tr traditional I-U conflict. I don't want you in our club, our team, our church. You aren't like us. You have Roman loyalties. You've, you've proven yourself a traitor. You exploit us. On the other hand, I'm loyal to Jesus and our Jewish heritage. I don't hobnob with the Romans. I don't exploit people. And the dichotomous positioning makes for creating enemies, an us and a them. The Samaritans didn't want the Jews around, and certainly the Jews despised the Samaritans. And Jesus is talking to a Samaritan woman, even discussing some of the us and them thinking. But there was room for a we that eventually included much of the city of Sychar. Peter is all we with the Gentiles until those from Jerusalem come. Then there's this division of us and them. But what if instead, what if instead of Matthew being Simon the Zealot's enemy, what if there is a, a commitment to never naming another human being as the enemy?
instead of being against Matthew, against Samaritans, against the Gentiles, why can't the enemy be greed and pride and fear and disloyalty and self-righteousness and bigotry and meanness? Instead of attaching those to Matthew or others, we can treat them as evils on their own. If the practice of we is engaged to replace the us and them, instead of telling the story as an us story and them story, we tell it now as a we story. We aren't against ourselves. And so we ask, what do we want to result? What do we hope for? What is good and even best, not for you or for me, but for us? We is the space of relationships between The we story is the story of valuing all of the immense diversity in our world and seeing ourselves as part of God's complex and amazing diverse picture. We aren't outside that picture or different from that picture, but part of it. We may not be like any other individual part of the picture. We we bring into it our differences and we increase the diversity of the whole. For me, the woods illustrate the we story best. I wrote a piece called A Place of We. I love the forest, the smell, seasons and time between, complementary colors, trees taking their stand, leaves with margins undulate, sinuate, serrate, dental, lobate, scalloped, palmate, small flowers. Rocks, earth, moss, lichens, worms, centipedes, songs and nests of birds, decaying wood, squirrel chatter, a spring run gurgling, wind in the treetops, quiet under a blanket of snow, orange, red, scarlet, yellow rain of leaves, All gray one day and then an eruption of tiny flecks of green on each gray limb. Vines delivering muscadines. Small shrubs bringing berries blue, maybe blackberries in a patch. Tucked under the heart-shaped leaves, the little brown jugs of ginger. The striped leaf of Pipsisawa, bitter medicinal spiders, ants. Unity and diversity this we of nature, and most fortunate those moments when included in that we. I want you to think of the we as a story of a huge, larger-than-life, impressionistic painting. There may be zillions of dabs of yellow and nearly as many of purple and blue and green, maybe only a few of red. But it's the collective we of all those dabs of paint that when you step back, create this beautiful painting in impressionistic style. Our world is one plagued with self-doubt and wondering if we can join a we story. We question if we are being a, a good enough husband or wife. Are we sufficient as mothers and fathers? Are we the brother or sister that we should be? How are we doing at being a good son or daughter? From that excited first day of school until we walk down the stage with the diploma in our hand, we wonder if we were the student or are the student that we should be. Getting a job doesn't really help solve our self-doubt. Am I good enough to keep this job? Will will I ever qualify for a raise? Am I good enough, enough of what they 
want, need that I'll be promoted. We grow up wondering if we are to be part of a we. Are we handsome enough, pretty enough, brave enough, thin enough, smart enough, strong enough to be gathered into a we of love? Then self-doubt creeps over into our spiritual world and we wonder, am I following God's rules well enough? How disappointing am I to God? Will I ever measure up? Can I be good enough for God to like me? For a moment, I want you to do something for me. I want you to imagine God thinking about you. What do you assume God feels? What are his feelings when you come to mind? Is he sad, disappointed, embarrassed, hurt, happy, pleased, worried, angry, upset, disgusted? David Benner writes this, regardless of what you have come to believe about God based on your life experience, the truth is when God thinks of you, love swells in his heart and a smile comes to his face. God's bias towards us is strong, persistent, and positive. And he may, he may just sing Fred's song, I Like You. And and if we can choose to let his love come into our lives, if there can be an abandonment of us and them thinking, if if we determine that there are no human is our enemy, maybe some behaviors are, maybe some sins, uh, sure, but, but no human, when we can let ourselves hear God sing, I like you, then the God who is love, who has loved us infinitely, can graciously enable us to look into the eyes of every one of God's children on this planet and genuinely say, I like you. When we can allow God's love to come into our hearts and we can truly leave us and them thinking behind and really understand that God wants to like everyone through us in the world, that turns it into an opportunity for us to truly, truly live where it is well with our souls. Let's pray as we leave. Father, we just pray that you'll bless us this week. May we choose to think about enemies not being people uh, and be able to, to, to be able to embrace all of our world, to lock eyes with every creation of your humanity and be able to say on your behalf to them, I like you. May your world be blessed by this is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, this is Randy McGray podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church, and our podcasts, Speaking of Grace, and its companion, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians, all focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church podcast. 
and plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening and have a great week.